0: Like the sun, we fight till the battle is won. Can you hear the footsteps? Listen, cause we're coming like a gang on the street. So you better start running.
1: It's time for some action now. Historical progression. Generations march in succession. Through 400 years. Hate, blood, sweat, and tears, and counting. The resistance is
2: mounting.
3: Throw the hands
0: down the air just like this. We are generation of fighters. I am Sharon Henson your host, here on another live version with another amazing guest. And we're live, and I want you guys to start thinking about calling to ask her questions because we're going to be talking about princesses and queens, but I'm here with a queen. And, you know, this is what we do. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Princess Day and Barbie, black Barbies. Mm. And, the well, what you have to go through to be your authentic... Female, black woman self, w- woman of color, okay, fine, but we're talking about black queens, black princesses, black femininity, black women, yeah. blackly, black, black, black on, black, on black, you don't mm-hmm. have to be black to look at this show, you don't have to be black to support black people, you don't have to be black to tune into this show and to call into this show because we're taking you to another level. I'm your host, Sharon Hinton. we'll be right back with the illustrious, the glorious the beautiful queen, Valerie Stevens. Be right back.
2: Are you interested in learning to create television and web programming? Boston Neighborhood Network has what you need in our hybrid studio production class. Learn how to build a production in eight sessions. For more information, please head over to bnnmedia.org backslash services backslash workshops. Interested in becoming a radio DJ, Boston Neighborhood Network's 102.9 FM is offering a course of radio production that can get you started. For more information, please head over to bnnmedia.org backslash services backslash workshops.
0: You know, when I tell you that we have amazing guests on my show, there's amazing guests on a lot of shows here at BNN Media. I've been doing this forever, it feels like, Um, but I love it. It's almost like I do it the first time. I'm like um, the Tom Brady of television. You know, we win all the Super Bowls, we do all these amazing things. The Boston Media Producers Group that I'm president of, we just won a radio program award because we had the executive board of the Boston Media Producers Group, a segment of our show was submitted, and we actually won. For BNN Media. But you know, the the woman that I have today, the queen that I have today, Valerie Stevens, is a woman of many talents (laughs) who knows how to reinvent herself with the times while respecting the past. Amen. For more than 30 years, Bostonians have best known the multi-talented singer, storyteller, and actress for her use of arts to present strong images of African-American women. Valerie, that's Queen Valerie to you, creates most of her work through the Valerie Stevens Group, and is a well-known attraction at local venues and festivals. Welcome, Queen Valerie.
1: Oh, my goodness. We talk Thank all you. the time. We do. We it's been face. a while. I know. I know all of that. You know, it's interesting. I, I do what I do. I do what I love. And one of the lessons I've learned is that if you don't love it,
0: you shouldn't have no business Walk doing
1: away it. from it. And if it don't love you back walk away from it. Well, mm, don't need to get me started. You and I start. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Life lessons. I call these life lessons, you know, and I don't call myself queen a lot because one of the things I've said, you know, of the ancestors, there were kings and queens, but there were also people who cleaned and cooked. Come on. Okay, and I am the descendant of the strongest of them Mm. across the board. Mm. You have to know who you stand on. That's right. Because somebody did clean and cook and build all those things. We don't
0: know the names of them necessarily. Child, we don't know the names of
1: all of ours yet. But that's all right. You're here. You know a few folks you stand on. It's all good.
0: Yes. You can't get too caught up into that. Hopefully not because you can always, and I'm going to paraphrase this sentence, you never know the great works you do if nobody has to get the credit. Yes. Right? Yes. So you do what you do because it's in you to do it. Mm-hmm. The, all the creative arts, you are creative. You're, everything about you is creative. I, I, we talked about it over the phone in mm-hmm. with Kiki Kian about it almost becomes painful when you don't have a way to express that because you yes. know that is you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And when there's all these forces that are trying to make you to be something else, it's a miracle and it's a blessing. And it's a a mandate, really, that you have to be you. This is the only one. You know, I don't know anybody that's come back. I'm a Christian. I believe in the resurrection, but ain't nobody ever come and told me what it was really like. Mm-hmm. So I know this is the first go around in this rodeo,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and you got to make you you got to make this count. And and I remember, and it wasn't. It it was it was late in my fifties where I gave myself a mission to be me, and not have to be trying to be what you know your parents want you, Conscious the effort. school wanted you to do, what society wanted you to do. And, 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 it's, and it's painful because so many people are faking the funk. You know, they say fake it until you make it. But if you've been a fake all your life, did you really live your authentic life? Did you really mm-hmm. find out what you had? At what age did you know this is what you were going to do? Ooh. Um,
1: not until I was in my 30s. Mm. I've been a full-time performer now for 38 years. Wow. Um, I knew it gave me joy. I was introduced to performance in college. Mm. It gave me joy. It was also a time in black studies, and I was learning a lot. I would say that my quest, since I was a little girl, is to find out who I am. Mm. And as I said, and when I talk about Princess Day, there was no images for me that said that I was worth anything. Of course, it was family love, and we grew up hard. It was a hard time, but I had no sense of self. Mm you know, other than
0: being a poor black girl in Boston. And and the images that you saw then, because we know they've sort of changed, but it's still, um, what do they call it, body dysmorphia? Mm -hmm. It's still, even the images of black women now, because it's been accepted by uh, Caucasians, we were always being derided of having bigger butts, bigger breasts. But now, you know, it's acceptable. And then people are going to get butt injections and really endangering their health. Mm -hmm. To look the ways that we look, all the time, but then exaggerated, almost like a, a cartoon we character. We become a cartoon character, character of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So when you decided that you wanted to do Princess Day, what images were you looking at for, for our young people, because it's, it's really it's for young girls, to be the princess? Because we didn't have, just recently I have we came that. up with the Disney
1: princesses. Well, that, you know, that Disney. my relationship with Disney it goes back to when I was a little girl. Um, And there was nothing in there for me, so okay, I saw them, um, and that was that. Princess Day, there's a couple of things, you know, and talk about imagery and how we are turned against ourselves, Mm -hmm. but that's a whole other thing. With Princess Day, it was a very simple party Mm. for my grandniece and her friends when she was five. Wow. I lived across from the park. It was a beautiful park, and I knew she, I mean, we're idea actually came from me walking downtown Boston, and she had her little princess outfit on, and uh, she was walking with me, and a woman, a white woman, came up to her and said, oh, oh, are you Snow White? Uh, to yeah. a black girl. I said, no, it's Princess Day, mm-hmm. and that's where the concept came from. Wow. That's where, And I started thinking about it, and I'd go home and look at the park across the street, and I said, you know, you could throw a little party here for little girls and call it Princess Day. And that's where it came from. Um, it became very clear that I needed to put in a subtitle, ce- Celebrating Little Girls of Color, because mm. that's a whole other thing. And it's sort of evolved from that time, the first time with 25 little girls, mm. thus far this year. We have 200 little girls, 200 little girls. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. 209 little girls signed up to come to Princess Day. The pictures on the flyer are from last year. Mm. So it evolved and it became a place. And the first year I did, I said, "Mm, this is nice. Why hasn't anyone done this before? Mm. You know, it's so it's, you think it, you work it through, you
0: do it. And we know how to do that. Well, we know how to do we that. We know how to do it, but then you're the one that did it. Mm-hmm. And this is year 11. Mm-hmm. What did it take from you to co- go from an inspiration... From your, your granddaughter, right? My, gra- my grandniece. Your yes. grandniece mm-hmm. to now it has become like an institution. Like you're the only one that's known for it now, Princess Day. I know. We just automatically associate it with you. Like so, if somebody else I came know. up with this, like, oh, is that Valerie? We wouldn't even right. think about anybody else doing it. So, so how did it go? What did it take? Because I, another friend of ours, Toy Burton, mm-hmm. when I've had her on my show, she was like looking around. She's like, well, how, why did everybody else have a, Uh, a Dorchester day and a Jamaica Plain day and we don't have a Roxbury day?
1: Ask yourself the questions and follow through. Mm. I mean, the first one I paid for. Mm. And I decided we wanted to do another one. A couple of people asked me about another one and somebody told me about GoFundMe. You know, I didn't know what that was. And so we set up on GoFundMe and people were sending money to it. Um, And it was... It's word of mouth. We didn't really start getting any kind of media coverage until three, four years ago, three, four years ago. It was always through the community making flyers and putting it online and sending out GoFundMe. It is truly a community-funded event. Mm. And, you know, I couldn't go buy baubles and things until I knew how much money we were going to get. And other people started to come in and... I started getting calls from throughout New England, New Hampshire and Rhode Island. I'd like to bring my daughters there. Is it okay if I come? And um,
0: it just sort of, it grew on its own. Tell us about the event now. I mean, you're telling us about how it started. And tell us where the park is. Because it's on the flyer, but unless the, you live right. here, you can I know. Don't... It's in Roxbury. All right. It
1: is, all right, Bostonians. It is what is was called the Dudley area, for those who are new to Boston. It is now called the Nubian Square area. Right, right. Okay, and it is on Moreland Street, right up the hill, and it is halfway down Moreland Street. It's right where I live. I put mm-hmm. it in the park where I lived. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so
0: that's where it's at. It is sixty-eight Moreland Street. So if you come from Washington Street, it goes up the hill. And if you're coming from Warren Street, you're going actually across. It's, it's right across. It's right
1: there. If you're coming up from the square, uh, you would take a left
0: mm-hmm.
1: on Moreland Street mm-hmm. and drive down Moreland Street and it's right there. And it's not a long street. No, and it's not a long street. Those who are f- from Boston know their street. Evidently, that was a party street <laughs> back point, in the day. Point, um, yeah. And they used to call this Scooby Park. And, but now that's it's right. Gertrude Howe's Park. Or a playground, it's a beautiful.
0: The little girls love the playground. And there's a set of, you know, I just thought about it as I was thinking about that street. My my mother had sixteen brothers and sisters. Ooh, all right. And they lived on Moreland Street. Mm-hmm. And there were so many of them. They ended up being in the newspaper. And my grandfather hated it mm-hmm. because when they put it in the newspaper, it made. He said. You're trying to make us seem like we're a poor family, we're not. There's just a lot of us. All my grandparents were Southerners, right? Mm-hmm. Be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. And he loved my grandmother. She loved him. Mm-hmm. They had children. And, but they moved from there to Rockland Street in mm-hmm. a bigger house. Mm-hmm. But they actually lived on Moreland Street. I remember coming. It's like a brownstone, but it's got less stoops. Yep. But a brownstone on the left. So I do, and there's a historic church, too. Mm -hmm. Across from the park in that street.
1: Right there, yeah. I mean, growing up in Boston, all right, I'm a South Ender by birth. Um, But I went to school up there. I went to St. Joseph's Academy. Oh, wow. And I graduated from St. Patrick's High. So I was up in that area. And there were a lot of families who were buying up those houses, if I remember correctly, because the area at that time was considered less than, Mm. put it like that. But now... (laughs) It's more than. Mm. (laughs) Once we roll up, it's always more than. It's like, okay. Amen. Okay. So, yeah. And that's where it is. Princess Day. Celebrating little girls of color. There are giveaways, uh, books. I bought a whole lot of books from Frugal Bookstore. Which is a black bookstore. Black bookstore right there. And so free books. We supply the things for them to make their own crowns and sashes. So I got the baubles and the jewels and all of that. Um, I brought in sashes because after two years, the princesses started bringing their own crowns, and I wanted them to make something. Uh, We have a DJ, live music, dancing, face painting.
0: And what time does it start? It starts at two, which means folks get This is beautiful. Look at this photograph. Which year is this? Was this last year? Oh, my goodness.
1: No, this wasn't last year. This was, oh, about four years ago. Before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah before the pandemic, and what's happening now, see, that's one of the, uh, we've had different designers for the Princess Throne Room. This year, we'll have a photo booth in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and people can come in. Oh, yep. Myself, yeah, I'm a battle. Oh, yeah. It goes back. Ah! That's one of the little girls with Miss Boston. That was is Gabrielle Torres, who was Miss Boston at the time. She called me and said, can I come? Can I help? Mm. You know, and I've gotten other calls from beauty queens, from pageants. And there'll be some that are coming. this some they want to help, and they're all of color. Mm. It's, just, it's just a fun time. I've seen women cry because the little girls are so happy. Oh. And that takes us back to where we were. It's very emotional. They come in and they're happy. So, you know, snacks, giveaways this year. Uh, Broadway over Boston is giving away some things from memor- um, merchandise from Frozen, which is a, mu- uh, f- a musical that's coming to Boston in the fall. They're giving out tickets? I want to go. This is t- well, you can come down and talk to a fighter. T- Last year they came and they gave away 125 free tickets to Anastasia, the musical.
0: Really? Yeah. I didn't want to see that, but I do want to see Frozen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it just sort of goes, I'm very happy about it. It is a lot of work. Because um, we're, you know, paying attention to the weather, but I was talking to somebody to make it happen. There's over fifty people mm. who are volunteers and workers mm. as a part of this. It's become huge. You and have so
0: much stuff the the Bluespeak Award, the Urban Music Award, yeah. The Get Connected in Boston Legends and Pioneers Award, yeah, I just got one. New England from Foundation, Foundation. and the Bands. Oh, that's my girl, Cat. Cat. For- She's. She she is my sis and my mentor. Brother Thomas Fellowship. Now, what is the Brother Thomas Fellowship?
1: It is a, you are nominated by someone for the work that you've done. Mm -hmm. And it is a gift of $10,000. Amen.
0: Yeah. Um, Can we get the phone number up there? Because I want people calling in and actually participating in this. Uh, You know, and some of y'all will see me on the street and I say, they said, so, oh, we saw that show. That was fantastic. <laughs> and why didn't you call? Because there's so much information. I didn't interrupt y'all. But we actually want you to call and talk to Ms. Valerie Stevens. And maybe you, too, can come and donate and help out and bring your... Is this only for girls? No. Well, it's celebrating girls, but it's for everyone. Little boys.
1: People come. I've had adults come make their own crowns. Mm. I've had adults come dressed as princesses, little girls as superheroes. You know, I've had a few Wonder Women in there. Little come girls on. dressed up in one. It's for everyone who wants to come. Uh, there are no princess police. And I've had to say that to somebody. What, what does that mean, princess, princess police? Princess police, because someone asked me. Oh, there we go. Yeah, see? Someone asked me if little white girls could come. I said a couple of things. One, if you're an adult, you read this. If you want to bring your child, bring your child. Mm-hmm. Understand what we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. But it's open to everything. And what I found is the girls, they don't worry about the race part. They brought their friends. Their best friends were white. They brought their friends there. Mm-hmm. We put political things on the children and ideas in the children's heads that...
0: They didn't that, come with.
1: It didn't come with. It didn't come with. It's a lot. I, you were talking about stuff and what we have to do, and I've talked about what I've had to unlearn, relearn, and just plain learn
0: mm. to be me. Now, you... you um. I've known you for a long, long time, you, and that's not a bad thing. No, uh, oh. that's a wonderful thing because I've, uh, and we talked recently about, as far as I remember, mm-hmm. right now you're the only storyteller that's doing what you're doing in Boston. Yeah. I mean, I remember Brother Blue. Yeah. And so there are certain people, and there was a couple other people, but right now you're the storyteller that I know of I'm that's the been only here, actually, yeah. that is, that has a claim, that has the and craft. Where people, that, you have to have that for people to want to listen to you. Yeah. Especially now, when everything is so quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And so you have to have this spellbinding, inspiring um, voice. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know my background is theater. Uh, a lot of folks sort of know that. I left my 9 to 5 to go on the road as an actor with the Underground Railway Theater many, 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 many years ago as Harriet Tubman. And I was out on the road with them for eight years. mm uh, yeah, and so my, one of my strengths as an actor was um, monologues, being t- able to talk directly to the audience. Mm. And when I came back, I said, well, you know, I have to f- figure out ways to pay rent, and that was my strength, so I decided to become a storyteller. Mm. And so to develop my skills then, I, I, I took a couple of classes with Brother Blue, who's very supportive in the work that I do. Um, And in terms of poetry and music, because I'm known for doing that, my love for poetry and doing it a la Last Poets or Gil Scott Heron, you know, and and adding jazz to it. Um, And then one time I couldn't find a vocalist Mm. to sing the song and i do the poetry, so I decided to become a vocalist Mm. and do do it myself, and that's how I became a vocalist. I made the decision. Opportunity. Mm. And being
0: prepared. Mm, for that opportunity
1: yeah, understanding what it is and you know and learning from people, I mean I sat in on uh, jam sessions there were a lot of jam sessions then
0: there were a lot more places and many places to, play, then yep, too, to, to go and sit music.
1: in and the musicians helped me and taught me, and I came with my own flair for performance, but they gave me the space to learn how to do it and how to become a vocalist and set up
0: arrangements but the other thing and you and I talked about and I, I, I don't and I just it was so fascinating to me um, when you talk about the evolution of black women's images and stuff. We talked about the black mammy. You know, I was going to go there. Right? I know you're going to go about mammy. The mammy. And mm-hmm. so throughout time, um, actually, the first person that won an Academy Award was a maid, but she played a maid. She wasn't a maid, mm-hmm. right? And so when you saw her, like in the That's right. When you saw her, in in real life. She was decked out with furs and velvets. Oh, she whole made good thing. money. And put in money and helped support the first
1: NAACPs. She was one of their patrons and benefactors. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I'd said this to you. And growing up here, um, being a tall, big girl, um, the worst insult that I could receive, and I did, was to be called Mammy, mm. you Mammy self. Um, and.
0: Or Aunt Jemima. Or Aunt Aunt
1: Jemima. Yeah, falling all into that. And the first Aunt Jemima made good money. Um, But we weren't taught that. That was, you know, being taught to be ashamed of your body or feel less than. I tell people that I became political with the first breath I took when Mm. I was born. Mm. Not by choice, but by necessity in order to unlearn that stuff. So, yeah, I created a play uh, one woman play about mammies in this country, in history of mammies in this country, um, is called The Mammy Diaries. And uh, as a part of it, during the course of it, I put on blackface. Um, the reason, well, I did a play, Neighbors, and I wore blackface, and I was fascinated by the response to that. But also, I wanted to answer a couple of questions What is the price of assimilation, and who determines our aesthetic? Mm. Um, I, I had just come back from Ghana and I had a beautiful black mass with red lips and all of that. And that was considered art. When this happens, we are considered less than. So stereotypes
0: to manipulate our economic, you know, a- economic ascent because, you know, the stereotypes didn't come from us and we had to fill them sometimes to survive because you're an artist and you only could be in vaudeville you could only be that. you had dark-skinned black people with blackface on mm-hmm. and white lips because they would not allow you when i say mm-hmm. they the audience the producers the people that were paying for us to perform would only allow us to be that out of the minstrel period out of in the, the minstrel, minstrel period. period and Amos all of and that Andy originally were white boys and then we oh, yeah. this and in blackface In blackface and blackface
1: um yeah so in studying mammy Excuse me, in this country, yeah, the mammies, because there's mammies everywhere. They used the term mammies in Ireland for nannies. They call them mammies. Um, I realized these women raised this country. They raised this country. And it gave me, I'm glad I did the research, Mm. because I just really didn't know. And just to study the whole history of them from, you know, Uncle Tom's cabin and all of that about Uncle Tom and all of those things. Um, but the put-on blackface is very emotional mm. for the audience. In what way? We're taught to hate ourselves.
3: Mm.
1: And, and you become educated and intellectual, but there's an embarrassment. There's still a shame in there. And I learned that when I was doing Neighbors and performed in Blackface. Mm. Um, we have learned to intellectualize racism. As a way of getting away from the emotion and
0: internalizing it,
1: internalizing it, mm-hmm. and I saw that. Mm. And when I the last time I did um, the Mammy Diaries, I did it at Emerson, and I'm glad the lights, the uh, house lights were at half, fifty percent, because I could judge as I started putting the blackface on, I could feel the audience shift. You could feel the energy shift. So I would stop the show and say, "Tell me how you're feeling," mm. right in the middle of the place. And I had one young woman say, my stomach's starting to hurt and I don't know why.
0: Was she black or white? Black.
1: Mm. These are all black college students. I had one man say, I want to come up there and slap that brush out your hand. What? Just because I'm putting on two colors. Black and and red. Red. I didn't do the white. I had the 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 red lips. Okay. Yeah. It was emotional and they didn't know why. That's the part that really affected me. They had no idea why they were feeling physical, angry, Mm. by me
0: putting on two colors. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about the times that I've actually been in plays or performed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, for two years, so there was an ad in the Bay State Banner. They were looking for Roxbury residents who um, remembered around the time of Malcolm. Mm -hmm. That, That was the ad, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I went down, and, and I, you know, I went down, and they would give you a free copy of the autobiography of Malcolm X, which mine was all ripped up and raggedy, and there ended up being about twenty-two of us helping this playwright who was writing a play about Malcolm X. and So we had community groups in Harlem, um, in Detroit, and in Boston. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know. Malcolm X's sister lived on Dale Street. There's yeah. actually a house there that's being renovated. It's, yeah. And that was one of the places he lived. in so there's a whole history about that. And Malcolm X was in prison in Massachusetts. Right. So there's a whole history of so many black noted people coming here, going to school here, marrying here, Martin Luther King, Colin Powell, um, spending time here and then going through here to other places. But um, that's the history here of Boston. That's the history that we don't know on yeah. purpose. But then when I'm thinking about this, the, there's a reason why we don't know this history. And right now there's this whole controversy mm-hmm. about critical race theory and who mm-hmm. can and cannot teach African-American history. What is your take on that as a historian? Because you are a historian. You're yeah. not only learning it, but you're passing it on. What is your take about this whole pushback? Why is it happening?
1: There are a lot of things that I see happen. I've come down in my years... That Bring it down to two reasons. Fear and insecurity. About? Everything. Racism comes from fear and insecurity. You're taking something from me. I can't allow you to get more than what you have. Mm. I'm afraid. I'm insecure what you're going to do. If we allow you certain equal power, you'll take over. That's fear and insecurity. If you look at, you strip down all the stuff, that's what it comes down to. I have to control you. Because if if I don't control you, You'll take over. You'll take what I see as mine. Well, what they took in the beginning. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's <laughs> but you st- understand? Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. I do. My take on it, it is very, I've spent my life figuring out who I am. Mm. From the time I was a little girl, I was always um, very in- inquisitive. Mm. Who am I? How does this work? Where does this come from? And why am I here? What am I I supposed to do about that? What is this like? I got in trouble as a kid because I would tear things apart. I almost set my own hair on fire trying to hear the gas. I've always been inquisitive, and I've always been willing to go to the edge Mm -hmm. as I find myself. You know, um, and then as I started to find myself via Africa, and this is through school, college, not high school. I didn't get any of this in high school. It was in college. I studied with folks out of UMass Amherst and all of those wonderful.
0: Hold on a second now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because we got to take a break. And, you know, John Lewis was the one talking about good trouble. Mm -hmm. When you want to try the truth and you want to be that truth, he was a troublemaker. So we're going to take a short break. We talked about controlling insecurity Mm -hmm. and controlling the narrative and controlling the imagery. Mm -hmm. When we come back we're going to talk about black barbies so there's a short segment right now about black barbie and princesses and images and who should be writing your narrative who should be writing your who story who determines who determines your aesthetic who determines your aesthetic with valerie stevens on another level mm.
2: Sonia Larson's childhood. These are my dolls that I wanted when I was a little girl. The indescribable feeling of getting a brand new Barbie doll. Katherine Johnson, uh, Bessie Coleman, and then of course Tina Turner. But oftentimes, Sonia Larson would only see a certain type. Sometimes it took a little extra work to find a Barbie that reflected her world. Couldn't find a Barbie a black Barbie hardly ever. Um, so she did not get me one. So I said when I was 16, I never wanted my daughter to feel like I felt not being able to have a, a an array of Barbies to choose from. So when I got my first job, I just started buying Barbies. So here we are. 16 years old. Yeah. And we're getting knocking real hard on 50. So. <laughs> In Larson's Barbie dream room. It, it's a lifestyle. Do you want her to have pin curls, an updo, a fro? Look no further than Larson's basement. This is really her mini Barbie museum. I realized it's for the the love of the doll. Like I I didn't realize how much I love this doll. My mom called me earlier today and she's like, hey, I'm at the store, they have this doll. I go, well, does she speak to you? You're looking at a fraction of at least 1,000 Barbie dolls. This collection speaks to Larson in a way she wished all little girls, including herself, had growing up. (laughs) To walk in and see a wall full of black Barbie dolls, what do you want them to take away from this? That you are seen. You are seen.
3: Thanks for watching, our.
0: Thank you so much for that uh, little narrative from NBC. They're not paying us. We ain't paying them. But um, if we can get a zoom in on, because you can take it off of my face, the black Barbie doll. Um, I went to, I'm not going to tell you the store because they're not paying me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I was not the Barbie type. <clears throat> I did not. I was a tomboy. I hung out with my dad and my uncles and my brothers, my twin brothers. And so to me, it was more exciting for me to be um, building tree houses mm-hmm. and building scooters mm-hmm. and building, building, like building and, you know, out of, out of, like we take doors from abandoned homes, we build a clubhouse, right? Right. And so the dolls didn't do anything for me. It's like, you put water in them, and the water comes out, and they're not talking to you. They're not walking to you. This is a black Barbie, but this was evolutionary because when they first came out, they was always white. They were white. And they were funny-looking white. white, right? Yeah. This one that Very I have thin. right now has yeah. an afro. Yeah. And then a lot of women that I talked to that's in the Barbies, it seemed like at some point, Barbie ended up with no clothes on mm-hmm. and these pointy breasts that were not anything in nature. I mean, they yeah. just did not the exist. They didn't... still don't exist. Right. But this one I got... And I got the afro one, and I'm not a Barbie person, so I won't keep it. I'll give it to a young lady, a young girl, that needs to see a black Barbie, a black doll with hair like hers. All right. For real. Re-gifted. And I remember, you know, wearing an afro. My father, when he came out of prison, was a barber at Bo Newby and Brown. Oh, okay. And um, so I came back to, after summer, to Beaver Country Day School, all female, all white, all wealthy, with this huge Angela Davis afro. And you these young white classmates were like, Oh my God, you've got so many small little curls. You must have some really small curls. Can I touch it? <clears> yeah. You know, I'm, <laughs> touch I'm not a pet. You know, say him, no, no. If you, you reach over here, you're gonna pull a back like don't. And being treated like some kind of commodity, some kind of oddity, and to a certain extent I was it's to them. A boy. But I was just like, What you're not gonna do is treat me like I'm not human all of a sudden because my hair is different. But I got pushed back from it was more like a curiosity from the white girls. It was an anger, like from black girls, like how dare you? Like you better get you better get a hot comb in your little nappy little head. <laughs> Who do you think you are, you little nappy little head? And it shocked me, because to me it took so much strength just to be you. And I remember this little little child, this little black girl, going, "Ew, you look like a clown." And that was around the Ronald McDonald with the oh, afro with the rainbow thing. Yeah, the red red hair. Right? You look like a clown. I said. This is my hair and you look like this too if your mother stops straightening your hair. I was, like, I was like done. And we have brainwashed and allowed, allowed our daughters to be brainwashed and done that to us because black women, it isn't even a crown act. There had to be legislation to allow us to wear our natural hair because we were being called unprofessional. If we had our hair in Afro, if we had our hair natural, if we had our hair in braids or cornrows, it was unprofessional. Even the military had to come down with policy that said it was not unprofessional, that you could not be sanctioned, because that's your hair. The whole
1: history and hair in this country. And, and head his, wraps.
0: And head wraps, that's why we had the head
1: wraps and ways to hide the hair. On certain um, Caribbean islands, the women had to hide you their It wasn't hair. allowed, that's right. They had to wear head wraps to hide their hair. And that became a source of beauty and art, the, he, the head wraps. Um, like I said, with every breath, we became political.
0: But And with the cornrows, we were putting in escape maps for slaves to get out of well, the, the hairs, plantation.
1: Right. Hair, hair, you know, depending on how you use it. I mean, hair for us is always going to be an issue. That's right. I've gone through it all. I mean, I straightened my hair pl- as a child. I remember sitting on those, you know... Uh, phone books. I remember that at the back of your neck, all over the head, right? And I sweat. So of your ears. yeah, it was a whole thing. i, I at a point in my life. I decided I'm getting off this train. You know, I had locks for 28 years. Mm. Um, I cut them off and realized how much I hated combing my hair, and so I finally just shaved it off. And even with that, became a political thing. Mm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Are you okay? You're not sick. What do you mean?
0: I've been liberated.
3: (laughs) I had brains
0: down to my elbows Mm -hmm. uh, because I was DJing, and I was so busy with DJing. Mm -hmm. It was just better to have my hair in cornrows because I was too busy. And I remember when I got tired of it, got heavy, and I I walked up the street. Guys were whistling and everything, I walked up the street and got my hair cut off. I came back down, and they asked me if I was a lesbian. It's like, I just cut my hair. I didn't change anything. I was what are you talking about? said, political from your first breath.
1: Polit- and it's all, it, it, fine, I thank God for making me a black woman. I say this at my birthdays. Thank you, it ain't been easy. But I cannot see my world in any other way. Mm. You know, in the work that I do from, in the things that I learn. Um, and how I use, I've been blessed to do art and be inquisitive.
0: One of the comments that you hear from now your princesses, you've been doing it for 11 years, they start off as children, now they're women. hmm What are some of the comments that you've heard from your students and from your participants, as a result of you making that stand, that political stand, that be unapologetically, authentically you.
1: The little ones, what happens with the little ones, I see it during the year mm. because I run into them outside, you know, at the supermarket or somewhere else. And the little girls who are a part of Princess, they run to me and they want to hug me, mm. you know, because they know that I've created this. This event that they have a good time at, and that means a lot to me. But I watch them, and if whoever comes down, you'll see they are so happy to be among themselves mm. and playing with other little girls who are all dressed up, you know. And I've gotten a little, a lot of little plastic shoes that end up getting left in the park. <laughs> their little plastic high heels that they've kicked off, um, and just to play. I don't allow anyone to sell anything. And I tell folks, you know, I grew up poor, and I don't want any parent to say, no, baby, we can't get this right now. We can't
0: afford it. We can't
1: do that right now. I will not put an adult in that situation. I also don't allow speeches, Mm. political speeches. Um, We use our children too much. Mm. We sell to them. You can see it now. Mm -hmm. because uh, school time is coming. Mm -hmm. I become the queen. Uh, No, you're not doing that to the princesses right now. Mm. So, and it works out. The kids enjoy it. The adults enjoy it. It is simply about family fun.
0: Now, that's what it's evolved into. But you were telling me in the beginning, there were people that were saying to you, why are you saying it's for black girls? Why are you saying it's for girls of color?
1: Well, why say celebrating little girls of color? Um... In the middle of Roxbury, I heard this. Um, And I got very angry because I was... Sometimes I get angry at ignorance. Mm. The level of ignorance. And other times I just laugh at it. Uh, But, you know, being the OG Scorpio that I am, (laughs) I just really want to, you know. So I, you know, I said, if you cannot understand the importance of this, these three hours. Mm. So little girls of color, I... I don't have time to teach you. These were adults. These were adults saying this. This mm. was a kickback. You know, and the one, there was a brother who gave me a grief, and I said, do you have any children? No, I have boys. I said, mm-hmm. uh-huh. That's a little different. Mm. But you still can't see the importance of these three hours out of 365 days? Mm. I don't have time. Mm. I spent a lot of time teaching folks. My energy now is for... The world that's come for the young people and the world that they're going to have to deal with, because some of the stuff that we're talking about now, you're talking about critical race theory. We went through something like that Mm -hmm. and it's coming around again under a different title. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my job is to try and help. My community. Mm -hmm. To gather the strength they need when I'm no longer here.
0: Mm. So that's why... You're building an institution.
1: I, well, I guess so. I'm just sort of doing me and, oh, I got an idea. Let's see if it'll work. Like the elder program, Mother and Father Wit, life lessons in which I've taught elders to stand and be storytellers, mm-hmm. to tell their stories about lessons they've learned in life. Hmm. You know, that's the kind of stuff I do. So let me ask you a question. And I also do Nina Simone I
0: specialize in her. When someone tells the story of your life, Oof. and we only got not that many minutes left. Okay. What do you want them to get and to be able to remember about your life? Now, I'm not trying to push you nowhere because I personally want to be 120 years old with legs like
3: Tina Turner. I, you,
0: <laughs> and she ain't here no more, but I'm going for it. I, You know, I've thought about it
1: and... it. it You know, I just started calling myself an artist 10 years ago. I felt, I don't see myself as being unique in that. I think that we all have amazing talents and we can all utilize our talents if we understand them and recognize, identify them. So I don't see myself as any different. Um, And so I got to work with it. So I come up with something. My job is to try and leave this world better than it was when I got here. Mm. That is as simple and as complex as that is, Um, and through my life, you know, because I know other folks, and and people have been asking me, and probably next year, 2024, I'll have it. They want me to create a piece about me. I'm calling it, um, I'm not your preconceived
0: notion. Is that like, I'm not your, I'm not your Negro. Is, what is that? Now, it, me, <laughs> I mean, what is that? Where's it going?
1: Um, one of the things I've found is I've gotten, uh, uh, my number has gotten higher and I call my age, my number because the word number gets more respect than the word age. As my number has gotten higher, I see that there is, uh, for us as women and particularly black women, there's a template that people apply to us, mm. especially in that. In the medical field. Um, And I don't look, sound, move like your template mm. or your stereotype of a woman who has my age. And I might as well just throw it out here. And this is a first. I'm 71 years old. Amen. Okay. Um, Lord, I just put it out there. You look good. Oh, I didn't say I don't look good. (laughs) Well, come on now. But, you know, there's a way that people expect me to be. That's right. Especially in, you know, in artistic fields, especially in music. And especially women. Especially women. Yeah. Because it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. But I enjoy my life with all the pain and the confusion and the challenge and the joy. It's pretty cool.
3: Mm.
1: I'm satisfied.
0: Well, you know... We're going to start preaching up in here. Yeah. You know that,
1: right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well... I, can, I laugh, you know. There are things I just laugh at, you know. Now, you just finished performing this Saturday. You said it's going to be the last time for a while. Yeah. Why? I'm tired. I have been doing
1: this, uh, like I said, for 38 years full time. And there is a market, but... Um, For example, in June, I did eight shows in eight days. Mm. February, nine shows in eight days. Mm -hmm. And theater and music and storytelling, I created a play. I need to pull back. Mm. Okay. When it stops being fun or when art becomes work, you need need to back up. And I love the work that I've created. Um, And I needed to step back. I've learned that you go through transitions periodically. It might be every decade or so, um, and I've been open to that. Mm-hmm. I change and move and change, so
0: I don't know what I'm getting ready to do. I uh, see you just took the words out of my mouth. You gonna ask me what I'm gonna do? I don't no, know. I was gonna say, what is it that you haven't done yet that you want to do? I want to do more. Oh, oh, oh,
1: oh, there's a couple of shows I want to produce. Mm-hmm. I want to get funding for one. Is the heart of a black man? Now a lot of the things I create are based on situations I find myself in. Mm-hmm. And this was a few years ago, and I was talking to a very good friend of mine who really helped me out through a lot. And I turned to I, I love you. And he back and I said, Whoa, whoa, I don't want well, I don't want to get all graphic. Uh, but I then started asking other black men. I told them the scenario and I told them what had happened and they understood. And then one brother who's well known here, he said, you don't want to see my heart Mm. because you'll think I'm weak.
3: Mm. And it was the
1: saddest thing I have ever heard. Um, And I wanted to create a piece. I don't want to act in it. I want to produce it. An original piece talking about the heart of a black man. Wow. With artists creating original pieces. That's something I want to do. Um, There's other things. I want to produce more. I mean, I love my Nina Simone Produce show. Produce movies, plays. I'm more theater and music, okay. concerts. Okay. I've done a series of, I wrote the history of blues for the House of Blues. I did the research many, many years ago. Mm. Um, and I specialize in Nina Simone's music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My latest concert Why was Nina Nelson? Simone. <sighs> because her work is so powerful. I saw her my freshman year. But so was
0: Billie Holiday, and so were. Different. And so was Zora Neale Hurston in terms of a a writer, but why Nina Simone? Nina Simone,
1: the wording of it. Mm. Her lyrics are powerful, and even though a lot of them are 50 years old and plus, they are still applicable. Mm. Um, And, you know, my show, Nina Simone and Hip Hop Young, Gifted, and Black. Mm -hmm. We do Mississippi, Goddamn. You can still do that now. Mississippi, yeah, that's true. Or we do it as reggaeton. Oh. And then I have a slam poet with me, and I do spoken word. And so bringing it forward. I've done a show in which we took uh, Phyllis Wheatley's music and uh, and did it, not Phyllis Wheatley's poetry, and did it with jazz background. I love I explore, exploring the Sankofa of what we do. Take what is old and bring it to the present and apply it to the future. That's how our young folks are going to learn.
0: Well, they they have a form of spoken word mm mm-hmm. but if they haven't gone back enough they may not know Gil Scott-Heron they may not know the last poets they may not know James Brown cuz you know he was doing that spoken word he just had a beat to it right so what do you do you
1: bring this forward or you change it in some way and apply it now to make people stop and think um Mississippi goddamn as a reggaeton makes everybody stop what is
0: going on here and then you the attention de- yeah so we got Three more minutes. Charlotte, I can talk. I I'm a storyteller. I, I'm a tell. Look, I can <laughs> talk a dog off a meat wagon. I know how to <laughs> talk now. Um, so we can see you, and we can see these princesses. Three hours. Three hours, and, you know, we'll August work 24th. with that. August 24th.
1: August 26th. 26th, I'm sorry. At the Gertrude House Playground. We got Playground. the poster right ready. Yeah, the Gertrude I'm, House, I House Playground. Um, Come I actually now, the first year, I've created that poster in Spanish. Oh.
3: Oh, the first time.
1: I'm, this is evolving. I, You see me, I get excited about the evolution of this and how I'm learning. I love learning. And is there a number or a website? People there need to go is a to? website. Uh, it is bossprincessday.com. Mm-hmm. There is a phone number. There is 617 445. One, two, three, one. And it is called the Princess Line. Do people have to register or they just show up? It's better to register, but you know how our folks are. They're just going to show up. <laughs> Y'all come. It would be good to register, but I already know how it flows. And that's okay. That's, that's okay. And
0: there's no limit on the numbers of people that can come? and No, when the stuff runs out, it runs out. <laughs> you know? And then you can bring your own, too.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm having snacks. We have fruit and water. I mean, in terms of the crowns in there. Well, they're going to co- You know, those fashionistas, those little ones, they're coming with their own stuff. Oh. And we'll have beauty queens there. And you'll see the sashes.
0: We're giving them the stuff to create their own sashes. Is the media finally covering what you're doing? They have in the past. And this year of Barbie, I'm thinking... They might,
1: you know, I don't do it for the media. You no, show don't. up, you show up. I, uh, this is for the little girls. We've had, uh, in two years, we've had two television stations cover. Oh. Uh, Boston Globe, if you look, if you Google the term royalty in Roxbury, mm-hmm. Boston Globe did a two-and-a-half-page article oh, nice. um, opening their Sunday metro
0: section with pictures on Princess Day. Well, I have to tell you, you said you just coming into, and you kind of, not uncomfortable, but the whole thing about being a queen. You are one of the queens that I know. And I look up to you. And (laughs) you are the storyteller. If I wanted to tell a story, I would call. Yeah, thank you. We all have stories of our own. I hope you love the story that we have told tonight. One last thing that you want to say to the princesses in the audience: understand who you are
1: as you look at yourself in the mirror. Know that you are beautiful, regardless of what anybody says to you. We come in all heights, shades, colors, sizes. But you stand on very strong shoulders. So hold your head up, princess. The world is yours. Go for it. Take
0: your portion of this work. Yeah. Whew. And on that note, thank you very much, Queen Valerie Stevens. (laughs) Storyteller, artist, vocalist, playwright. Who knows? Extraordinaire. I'm your host, Sharon Hinton. Thank you so much. And thank you so much. Come back next time. And let us bring you to another level on another level. God bless. Take care of yourself and each other.
1: Amen. Ah,
3: yes. My skin is black. My strong enough to bear the pain inflicted again and again what do they call me